apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2012820L, call for additional details. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RMJ. I am Steve Russell, along with Justin D'Onofrio. And it finally happened, the Sixers... Come come to a deal with uh, James Harden, two years, uh, sixty-eight point six million, so about thirty-four million a year uh, for James Harden. And and, and you know, for, I think this is good for both teams. I think this is good for the Sixers because they can improve their roster around Harden. I think this is good for James Harden because uh, I think James Harden still is making a decent amount of money, and he has a pretty good shot to win it, to, to uh, he has a shot to compete for a championship. Now, the the thing is, is the way the Sixers roster is currently constructed. Really, the only big move is they got PJ Tucker, and uh, yeah, and, and they obviously they still have Tyrese Maxey. Uh, they st- they obviously they still got Danny Green. They're still a they're still a, a decent team, and Tobias Harris. They're still a good team, but I but even with Harden back, I still have them one. Of, I still have them the third best, fourth best team in, in the Eastern Conference, behind the Celtics, behind the Heat, and behind the uh, and and behind the Bucks. So I still have them as the fourth best team. In the, East, in the Eastern Conference, uh, what's going to happen for them to be championship contenders is is uh, Harden is going to have to get back to what he was, which I don't think he's going to, or Tyrese Maxey is going to have to emerge into a top player in this league. One of those two things have to happen. I don't think either of them are going to happen. So the question is, can the Sixers be title contenders with James Harden for this year? I don't think so. But maybe next year because they they could have some cap space because Harden did have to opt out of that deal. 
I think there's a chance they could be the next year. But the big question is, Justin, do you think the Sixers in the next two years are title contenders with James Harden back on this deal? As you said, maybe next year, if they're, if he takes another pay cut, maybe, and they get some at cash space. But yeah, I, I don't see it this year. You know, James Harden is the same type of player that he was five years ago. Um, you know, he was not great in the postseason. He's not getting any younger. And at this point, out of the kind of out, out of like you know the Heat and you know Bam and Butler, the Celtics do a Tatum and Brown, the Bucks with you know Antetokounmpo and and um, Chris Middleton, and then you know um, Embiid and James Harden. I'd probably put James Harden as like the fourth best second guy. I think Middleton's probably better than them at this point in his career. Jalen Brown, I'd probably even take Bam right now even over like Harden. Like I think out of like the second guy, I think you know Harden's probably like the fourth best out of the of, of the four teams there. So yeah, I I just don't think right now the Sixers are there yet. And in five of the six playoff losses, they scored under 100 points. When they when their offense kind of struggled, um, they need another score. James Harden's not gonna put up 40 points a game anymore. You know he's just not the type of guy anymore. And you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the right head. They have the fourth best, second best player out of those teams. Yeah, you said Middleton with the Bucks, Brown with the Celtics, uh, and and even Bam with the Heat. So, and I, that's a, that's a, a little bit of a stretch, but I think from the way that series went against the against the Sixers yeah. with their series with the Sixers, I probably would say that. You know, James Harden, he just he just isn't that player. He can't get to the basket the way he used to be. He can still shoot the ball. He just can't get to the basket the way he used to be able to. And then it showed up. It showed up uh, last year with the Sixers. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Harden's doing a good thing, taking less money to try to win a championship. Now it's up Now it's up to Daryl Morey to put the pieces around him. I mean, really, the only piece they can put around him is P.J. Tucker. That's P.J. Tucker is a good player. He's not good enough to beat the Heat in a seven-game series. He's not, it doesn't take you over the top against the Celtics, and it doesn't take you over the top against the Bucs. This team is, is going to need to, have, to get other pieces around Harden for not, not – maybe not this year, but next year – this year they got to show that they're going to be competitive. That they, 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 they got to be as competitive as possible. So Harden doesn't opt out of this. Opt out of this year. Opt out of the uh, last year of his deal. So, so because I still think they're the fourth best team. It's just it's it's going to come down to it's going to come down to Maxi stepping up. And if he can find his form, then they're title contenders. But the way I see it now, going to next year, they're clearly not better than the Bucks, uh, Celtics, and the Heat. But maybe another year they could be because of the cap space they have. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, maybe another year away. Yeah, because Maxie had a big jump this year. I don't know if he could take another kind of big step forward. I, I you know, I, I don't know if we're going to get that from him. And I and I think, you know, you, you said it. it they, they need, you know, they're going to, they would have to need more from him. Yeah, P.J. Tucker's a nice player. He'll do a little bit of everything. But, yeah, he's not going to score you 20 points a game. He's a very good defensive player. He'll do all the little things well. Um, but, yeah, he's not a guy that's going to take you over the top. So, yeah, and for the Sixers, maybe next year they get a little bit more cast base. James Harden maybe takes a little bit more of a pay cut if he wants to come back and he opts out and they kind of restructure another deal for him. Maybe, but yeah, right now I just I I think yeah, I'm with you. The Sixers, the Sixers are the fourth best team in the league, and I think they probably get knocked out in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, in the Conference Semifinals. Semifinals, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, to say they have a really, really bad year, I think if they – don't make it uh, if they're not if they, if they don't make it to the conference finals. I think Doc is done. I think Doc is done because I think Harden's going to want to coach 
to get them there. The, the lack of scoring in the playoffs has got to stop. I think Doc is done if they don't reach the conference finals. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was a little, you know, I know there were rumors maybe, he, you know, he'd lose it at the end of the Heat series. But, yeah, I think after next year, if they don't get to the finals, um, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on Doc. And if yeah, they don't make a run next year, I think Doc Rivers would be a lot of trouble. Oh, well, without question, without question. That's why there is a ton of pressure for the Sixers team to get it to get it done this year. It's only they're in win now mode, especially with the way hard with how old Harden is. They're in win now mode. Now he's taking less money. We'll see what more he could do this offseason. I don't think he's gonna be able to do much outside of PJ Tucker. If they maybe they somehow could land Durant, but I don't see that happening. So there's really not much he can do. So we'll 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 see what what, what more what more he ends up doing. Yeah, we will. You know, I, I don't. It'd probably be tough to get Durant. I would think you have to probably give up Maxi, Tobias Harris, and some other nice pieces. So yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I think it'd be tough to land Kevin Durant, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what else you know more he can do. Um, yeah, they're kind of not, not much cast base right now. Again, you know, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if he can pull. He can find some other. You know, he's a big analytic guy, so maybe dives into the numbers somehow, finds kind of some some guy under the radar that can step up for him and um, become a key contributor. Exactly, exactly. So we'll so Harden, we know he was coming back. But now we know the numbers are official. Two years, $68 million, and we'll see what happens here. But the All-Star game was last night, and the first half of the baseball season over. We'll recap both, but before that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. So last night was the All-Star game in, in Major League Baseball, and uh, the American League won 3-2. to two. A typical All-Star game, not much, score, not much scoring on either side because the pitching was so good. But the big story was, uh, was, 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 uh, was uh, John Carlos Stanton at that huge, huge two-run homer in the, uh, in the fourth inning to tie the game, then Buxton hit the home run in the fourth inning to give the AL the lead. The AL ended up winning 3-2. to two. There were certain things I liked about it. I liked the players being mic'd up. That was fun. I, I really like that. I mean, I think, you know, I know it shouldn't mean home field advantage, but I actually enjoyed it meaning home field advantage because the game was a little bit more watchable. But an all-star game in general probably shouldn't mean home field advantage. So I understood why they took that away. But it still was it was, it was a good game to watch last night. It was a fun game. And uh, and it, it was nice to see Giancarlo winning the MVP. Yeah, you know, it's Giancarlo going back home. Um, he's from Southern Cal. So yeah, that was that was a monstrous home run he had last night. So you know to 
put the American League on the scoreboard last night. Um, yeah, I did like the player mic'd up. Like I liked when they had you know Nestor and, and Torino there, and you know you could kind of listen to them try to you know kind of go through strategy there and kind of what pitches they're going through in the sequence and all that. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And I think that's kind of stuff you have to do because it's it is tough to try to get in any you know all it's not just major league baseball. It's tough to get in all four of these all star games. Um, but yeah, I think major league baseball has a little bit more advantage than the other because there's nothing else on TV those days. Um, but yeah, it was a fun game to watch defensively. You know, it's always a low scoring game, you know, pitching wise, you know, you, you go up against the best, but, um, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. I, the ratings came out about a half hour ago. I saw they did, it was, I think they had 7.5 million, which was a 10% decrease from last year. So, no, not great for the sport, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, and, and you made a good point about baseball being the best all-star game. Yeah, there isn't as much going on, but it is played like a regular game. The Pro Bowl, I'm sorry, is, is a joke. The, uh, the, the, uh, the NBA all-star game is a joke until the fourth quarter. Baseball is played like the real game. That's why it is the best all-star game. Now, it's not saying much. Not many all-star games are entertaining anymore. That's not saying much, but baseball is definitely the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's an actual game. Yeah, the rest of them, like even hockey, there's not much defense at all. There's uh, the tournament format's a little bit better, but yeah, it's still kind of it ain't great. There's like eight to six. Like yeah, you know the Pro Bowl should just I they should just play like flag football at, the, at this point. They don't. There's no tackling. But um, yeah, you know. So yeah, the basically baseball is kind of the one kind of exception where it, it is still you know pretty much kind of like a real game. You know real game which definitely helps it out um but yeah usually the pitching just over usually over matches the uh hitting every time though oh absolutely 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 so Juan Soto was the home run derby champion but the big story was was him rejecting this huge huge deal from the nationals five uh 15 years 440 million a huge deal he rejected from the nationals and it looks like his days of the nationals are coming to an end he might even be traded by this trade deadline uh, and, and, I, and I don't blame him. The Nationals were not trying to win. He wants to be in a place where he wants to win. Last year, the Nationals gave up Max Scherzer. They gave up Trey Turner. They gave up Kyle Schwarber. They pretty much said they were rebuilding. And Soto doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild for years. He wants to be on a contending team. So I, I don't mind Soto rejecting that deal from the Nationals. Yeah, me neither. Um, he's a guy, he's 23 years old. And he's you know been in the league. And he's already done a ton net for a 23-year-old. And I think I heard too in that the Futures game Saturday night, there was 12 guys who were older and play, played in the Futures game, you know, all the top prospects that are older than Juan Soto. And he's already been in the league here for three or four years. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. the Nationals, you know, since their title run here, it, they've kind of broken it down. You know, hopefully they can build it back up. But, yeah, that's going to that's gonna be a few years away, though. And, yeah, Juan Soto – like, Juan Soto's numbers too this year – they're not great, but there's no protection. Like, you know, when there's a guy on base, you know, he's pretty much, you know, he's not getting anything to hit. So, you know, I know the numbers don't, you know, he's got 20 home runs and 43 over eyes. But, again, what are you, you going to do when you got no protection or lineup? I know Josh Bell's been on fire lately. But, yeah, tougher Soto, I don't I don't, I don't, don't blame him. And, yeah, team is going to get an absolute stud there to um, potentially help him here down the, you know, down, down the uh, postseason stretch here. Now, we got to look at some of the teams who we think are the favorites to land Juan Soto. I got three. Uh, first is obviously the New York Yankees. You know, Aaron Judge is a free agent. 
they may let him they they, they may uh, let him walk and they might end up trading for Juan Soto. And uh, I think you're pretty much getting. I think Judge is a little bit better, but you're pretty much getting two. You're getting a good player either way. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees got him. Number two is the Dodgers because the Dodgers just got so much money and they'll sign him long term. The Dodgers got the highest payroll in baseball, so I think it's the Dodgers. And number three is a little bit of a sleeper team. I think it's the San Francisco Giants. I think it's the team that needs a superstar in their lineup. Uh, I think that's what's been holding this team back from being a good team to a great team. So that's why I think the Giants are, are one in my top three. I know a lot of people are going to say, what about the Mets? What about the Mets? I just don't think Soto is, is going to get traded within the division. I don't think the Nationals are going to be that stupid and trade Soto within the division. I think it's I was, I, I, just, I don't think he's going to go with the Mets. It's on a three teams for me. Yankees, Dodgers, and Giants are the three favorites. I've, I have actually only one of the three. I did not go with the Yankees. I I don't I don't know if Catherine's gonna pull the trigger. What? What? I don't know Why if Catherine's pulling the trigger. I because I really? think if they do trade for Soto, that 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 means no shot that Aaron Judge is coming back. Yeah, that, but, I but, think that's okay. Oh, all right, they, they probably won't. They, I think no, they won't trade for him at the trade deadline. But I think eventually okay. they're gonna trade for him if Aaron Judge doesn't come back. Yeah, I could see that in the offseason. Um, absolutely. I think in the offseason, if Judge does not resign, I definitely think think that they they, they take a swing on Juan Soto and see what they can get. Because um, the three I kind of picked were the, like, the three that I think could happen here in the next couple of weeks. Because my first one, the Giants, and I, I completely agree. They don't have a superstar right now. And they, they did go after Giancarlo Stan. They did go after Bryce Harper. Like they've gone after, they've tried to go after some of these superstars. They haven't landed on them. You know, Brandon Belt's up. You know, free agent soon. You know, Brandon Crawford is too. So they have some expiring contracts where they could they could pay Juan Soto as well. Um, they got some good prospects in their system, so I could see the Giants going after them. I have the Cardinals as well because I know they have some young good prospects in Jordan Walker, Nolan uh, Gorman, and then uh, Matthew Liebertor, who they could kind of send send a couple guys over. Then their farm system that are close to being major league ready. Um, they they you know if they want to try, you know you know I think Cardinals they could. Don't think that, you know, I don't know if they'll have enough to pay him in a couple of years, but, you know, they could have him here for potentially three, three seasons, three shots here to get back to World Series. Then my final one, the Padres, you know, they're in win, win now mode. Yeah, they're probably not a team that's going to be able to sign because they already have Tatis on the books, Machado. Um, but they have some young guys that are ready, Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams, that are MLB ready guys with the Nats are looking for. Um so I think the Padres too, because we've seen the last couple of years, they've been wanting to win. They they want to contend with the Dodgers. I think you get a guy like Juan Soto, and you're absolutely going to be in that category. Oh, without question. And then the, and the thing is, I like the Cardinals, and I like the, I like the I like the uh, Padres too. Those are teams that are contending, willing to spend money. You saw the uh, you saw the Cardinals trade for Arenado. You saw the uh, Padres trade for I mean Simon Machado. So a couple of years ago, so. The, so a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went to either of those two teams. It's just one thing that's certain: he's not going to be a national. The national. I think he's. I think he's done with the Nationals. I. I, I know the Nationals are going to hold off trading, but eventually, it's, it's, they're going to have to. And, and, and it's sad. It's pretty much this. This is the last piece of that championship team in 2019. Yeah, actually, yeah. This is it. It's just crazy, and it's only been three years since that, and you know, since their first one ever. Um, and yeah, that, that team kind of they reconstruct that thing really quickly. Yeah, Juan Soto is like the last piece of that. He was a huge part of it. He's been phenomenal since he's ever kind of stepped foot at the major league level. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think the only way he stays in Washington that they offer, because I, I think he's going to get $500 million, and I think Washington's not giving that to him. So, 
yeah, unfortunately, he will not be a national for too much longer. Yeah, yes, he, 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 he absolutely won't. Now we're going to move on to the midseason awards, and we're going to start with uh, – most surprising team, and I think it's pretty obvious who we both are probably going to pick for most surprising team, and that's the Baltimore Orioles. The fact this team is 46 and 46 is crazy in the division that they're in. That, that's the crazier part, how great the division is. The fact they're 46 and 46, this team has came out of nowhere. This team has been awful since 2018. They have came out of nowhere this year. Brandon Hyde's done a great job. The fact they're even in this race is amazing. So to me, the Orioles are my most surprising team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm good. I got the O's as well. And then look, John Means are ace. And not, you yeah. know, he hasn't been healthy all year. And, yeah. you know, he's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the O's have been, you know, they're right there, 500 right now. Um, Jorge Lopez is going, changing the closer rule has been great. You know, the rotation has not been horrible. The bullpen's kind of done their job. They got some good guys in their lineup. So, yeah, they're a couple years ahead of schedule. It's great for that. Uh, it's great for that fan base. I know that's a passionate fan base. When when they when they when they're good, you know, people will go to that ballpark. So um glad to see them that they are, are starting to get better and hopefully it's another another kind of run here like they did a couple years ago. You talk about that passionate fan base. I'll be at the I'll be at the Yankee Oriole game Oriole games this weekend. So that 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 should, that should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun seeing the Oriole fans pumped mm-hmm. up to, see, to, to to watch the Yankees. It's usually that's Yankee Stadium South. I think there'll be a lot of Yankee fans, but I don't think it'll be that way this week. I don't think I think it'll be, I think it'll be close to 50-50 this weekend in Baltimore. Now to our most disappointing team, and a lot of people think, want me to pick the Blue Jays or I mean the Blue Jays are doing well. Want me to pick like the White Sox or the Blue Jays? But the thing about those two teams are is they still got really good chances to go to the playoffs. And maybe they and, and I think a lot of people want to pick want me to pick the Angels too. But did we really expect? <laughs> we kind of knew with Mike Trout that. And Shohei Otani, the Angels didn't have enough around him. My most disappointing team is the Detroit Tigers. It felt like the Detroit Tigers were going to be competing for a playoff spot, and they absolutely haven't done that. And the, and the issue has been their offense has been absolutely pathetic. they got one of the worst offenses in baseball. Torgerson has been terrible. Scope has been terrible. Baez hasn't been good. Meadows has been hurt. I mean, their, their offense has, has been awful. Their pitching hasn't even – their starting pitching hasn't been good. And we thought, you know, Casey Mize, he got – unfortunately got hurt, but, you know – Pineda's not been good. So to me, my most disappointing team is the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, me too. I had them being up, you know, right there going for a walker spot. And I've been very disappointed with AJ Hinch bringing in Baez, who leads a team with 35 RBIs in, in 35 July. 35 RBIs. 35 mm-hmm. RBIs. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, in 2022. Like, 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 like the fourth, the fourth, the fourth or fifth best hitter on the Yankees is 35 RBI. I mean, that, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think they have 58 home runs as a team, which is insane, through 90 or so games. Like, it's just been – yeah, it's just – then they've been horrible. They're All their offensive stats are pretty much the bottom five of the league. Miggy's had a decent year. He's second on the team with RBI, but, you know, um, it's been nice to see him pitch well – or hit well. But, yeah, you know, Mize hasn't been healthy. Erod, I know, has gone through some issues. And I, I heard – the last I heard, Detroit's been trying to reach out to him, and he – They've not heard from Erod, so they have no idea what's going on there. So, yeah, it's been a miserable year for the Tigers. And after thought of, you know, they they're because all pretty much all four teams in, in that in that city are all going through rebuilds. They thought the Detroit Tigers one was over, but not quite yet. It's been a disappointing year, and yeah, it's it's that's a team I thought had a good shot to make a wild card, um, win the wild card game, um, spots, but yeah, that's that's out of the picture. 
Absolutely. It absolutely is out of the picture for the uh, uh, for the Detroit Tigers. Now we'll go to uh, AL Rookie of the Year, and I think this is one so obvious. It's 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 Julio. It's it's Julio Rodriguez for the uh, for the for the Mariners. He's been absolutely phenomenal. You saw him put on a show at the Home Run Derby. He was absolutely great. He was so great in the Home Run Derby. He's he is the instead of, and a lot of people talk about Jared Kelnick being their franchise player. He's not even close to that. Julio Rodriguez is the Mariners franchise player. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I was very excited to watch, you know, Julio this year when he got called up, uh, or, you know, when he, or actually when he made the roster at the end of spring training. Um, yeah, he's been he put on a show Monday night. He's been a big part of why the Mariners on that 14 game winning streak. I know we'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's completely, you know, right now the AL rookie of the year. He's kind of been every bit as advertised. You know, he's top five prospect last year in all baseball. He's lived up to that, and, you know, he's fun to watch. And, you know, Seattle's got another fun kind of star, you know. They could, you know, um, they've had some good on-fields over the years with Griffey and each year old, and they, they, got their, uh, they got their next great outfielder now in Julio Rodriguez. Oh, they absolutely did. There's no question about that. Now, in the NL, it was really, really close, but I went with Spencer, Shri- Spencer Strider of the Braves. I think he's pitched really, really well for them this year. Uh, he's helped in that rotation with with Kyle Wright and Max Max uh, Max Fried. He's really helped the Braves in that rotation. So that's why I'm going with Spencer Strider as my NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, me too. I was going to go Neil Cruz, but with the Braves kind of being more, you know, with the Braves kind of, you know, being right there in the in the, in the uh, playoff picture right now. Pirates not. Yeah, Spencer Strider's been great. Um, he's holding he's holding um, opponent batting averages under. 200 you know he's stepped up too they don't have mike you know mike soroka i think they're hoping to be back sooner rather than later but he's stepped up without kind of without soroka he's really helped that rotation out and charlie morton hasn't been great as well this year so um spencer strider has been a really nice kind of story this year yeah absolutely he's, he's been a nice piece of that um rotation this year o'neill but o'neill cruz that shouldn't even be a thought of for rookie of the year i mean come on the guy's hitting like two hundred four. There's a lot of let me let me let me uh, let me uh, get this straight. He's going to be outstanding. The guy's the yeah. guy, I think the player's going to be outstanding. I think he's going to be the best shortstop in baseball in two years. But come on, he's hitting two hundred four. How, how is he even in consideration yeah, for rookie of the, NL Rookie of the Year? I think by like the end of the year, I think he will. I guess for right now, he's probably okay, not. Gotcha, I think he, gotcha. he's just fun to watch. He's just been a really fun guy to watch. I think maybe at the end of the year, if he can kind of get going a little bit more. Uh, maybe he can be, but, you know, um, but, yeah, I completely agree. I think a couple of years. Pittsburgh has some young kind of exciting kind of, you know, position players-wise. They got some young talent there. So, you know, um, he'll be a big part of that in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to be the Pirates franchise player. He just isn't there yet. No. No, not yet. Uh, soon. Very soon, though. Uh, so, uh now we are going to go to uh, AL Cy Young, and it's, for me, this one was close between uh, between uh, Verlander and McClanahan. It was really, really close. But I had I got to go with McClanahan. I got to go with McClanahan because he doesn't have he doesn't get as much run support as as Verlander. He's his ERA is under two. He's been absolutely phenomenal. And where would this Rays team be without Shane McClanahan? They probably wouldn't be in the playoffs. So Shane McClanahan is my AL Cy Young. Yeah, cool. I agree with you. That was my pick before the year. He's been phenomenal. Um, Imagine if they can get Glassnell back and Glassnell looks, you know, anything like he did last year before he got hurt or year before. 
that one-two combination of McLennan and Glassenau is going to be very dangerous in the postseason with the, with those two going on the mound game one and game two. Um, yeah, his ERA only pitcher, I believe, that's still under a two ERA right now. He hasn't allowed more than three runs all year. And again, we talked about the AL East with the Orioles. He's pitching a much tougher division than Verlander. Again, Verlander has been unbelievable. That guy did not age. That he's he's been great. But yeah, McLennan in a division with you know a lot of good with a lot of good teams that are contending. Um, he's been phenomenal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's, he's been outstanding. So now moving over to to the NL and uh, for uh, for the NL Cy Young, uh, there's, there's a lot. Of, there's, it really came down for me between Tony Goslin and Santi Alcantara, but it was so close. I know Goslin's eleven and zero, but I got to go with Alcantara. Nine and four. He's been outstanding for the Marlins. He's got to he's got to be on a better team. I feel like Alcantara because he's been outstanding for the Marlins. But I don't think the Marlins going to give him up for, because of how great he is. So Sandy Alcantara is my NL Cy Young. Now I'm with you too. The guy goes deep in the games. He's got two complete games this year. Um, you know, and he has not, he's gone. The last time he didn't go past six innings was on May 6th. Like he's go, he goes seven, eight innings every night. And you don't really see that either in today's game. Um, you know, he's a strikeout guy. He throws hard. Um, his stuff's really good. I'm like the Marlins, they develop some good pitching. It just, they cannot develop any much offensive guys. They really have the last couple of years. I know they had Stan and Yelich and Ozuna there for a couple of years, but you know, uh, pitching wise, they've been pretty good. Alcantara's been the has been huge for them. Um, tough to pitch, and their pitching has given in it. And Alcantara's been uh, um, he's been fun. He's been a fun guy to watch, especially the last couple of years. But um, especially this year, he definitely Goslin's right there too. But yeah, I, I had to pick Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's, he's been outstanding this year. Now we go to AL MVP, and I and I know there's a lot of hype for Shohei Otani, but I ain't going with Shohei Otani. I am going with Aaron Judge. 33 home runs, 70 RBIs. He has been outstanding this year. I know Otani has been as well, but look at Otani's team. Look at Judge's team. That's why I got to go with Aaron Judge to win his first MVP. Right now at the middle, middle season, I'm going with Aaron Judge. I wanted to, too. I did go on Tiny. The big reason oh, why. Oh, come on. How can you not go with Aaron Judge? I know. The, <laughs> the answers are so. They've lost 13 consecutive games when he's when Otani's down the mound. Like, Otani, <laughs> him and Trout. Like, that. that's why. Like, where are the Angels? I, the, I know they're 14 games under 500, but how worse would they be? They didn't have Otani on the mounds those couple of games. I'm like, the last time they won a game that Otani did not pitch was June 27th. That's insane. Yeah, he's really good. But the team yeah, is terrible. The team's not going to make the playoffs. I don't want an MVP in a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I know. I, and I completely agree, but I get in baseball where it's like one guy can't make a difference because, you know, I know him and Trout are unbelievable, but they they don't make the, you know, you need you need a couple more guys in that, and that's their entire team. That's more on the organization than them two than – on Otani and Trout because they, they both been wonderful. I wanted to go Aaron Judge really badly, but I just think it would, I think Otani he's just he's just a unicorn with, with everything he does. It's just it, he's just so special to watch. He is. He is. It hurts me to, I know it hurts you to say it, but you know you know I know he's special to watch. I'm just going with Aaron Judge because of the success of the team and the success that he has had. Moving on to the National League, this was a close one for me between Pete Alonso and Paul Goldschmidt. But again, I'm taking the guy who's 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 done a great who's, who's been outstanding this year. Both have been outstanding. 
But with the Mets losing Scherzer, with the Mets losing DeGrom, they needed someone to carry this team. That's in Pete Alonzo. Guy leads all of baseball in RBIs at 78, has 24 home runs. I'm going with him right now as my midseason NL MVP. Yeah, I came down the same two for me. I went Goldsmith batting 330, which is really impressive. I know the Cardinals have been kind of on a downfall here, um, but Paul Goldsmith has played really, really well. Um, he's he's played well the last couple of weeks. He's he, um, he had a big night last night. He also you know came up with a early home run two last night in the first inning. Um, but a guy batting 330 now in today's game it's very rare to see. And you know his on base percentage is over is over is um, four fourteen or yeah four fourteen, which is you know up there. So it was tough between the both of them. And I understand the Mets have a better record right now. Yeah, with Degrom being out and all that. Um, but I do I think Ball Ball Goldsmith is just having an um, unbelievable season after a kind of slow April. He's really turned around since May. Yeah, he definitely has. I mean, I, I you know I, I could I could definitely. I could definitely see both guys win. I just think uh, Alonzo has care, done a great job putting this Met team in position to win the NL East and, and maybe even winning the National League. But the Yankees and Red Sox are going in opposite directions now, and the Mariners can't lose. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at Shamrock Home Inspections. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. So the Yankees at the All-Star break are 64-28. and 28. They couldn't have played better. Their starting pitching has been outstanding. Their offense has been great. Their bullpen's been great. I mean, this is, this is a historic start for this team. I mean, this has been a start we didn't even think was going to – we, we definitely didn't think they were going to be this good. I thought they were going to be good, but not even close to this good. It's been an outstanding start for this team. Uh, and uh, the biggest question, though, is is what is this team going to, is going to need at the trade deadline? What, what are they going to need to improve? Do they need to really even make improvements? But in my opinion, I think the improvements they need to make are they need to uh, – they need, they need to I think they need some help. Maybe a start. Severino's banged up, so maybe another starter. Or Luis Castillo would be great. Or they would maybe need some bullpen help. Nothing really to the lineup. I think the lineup's fine. I have some bullpen help and another and another starter. But I know, you know, they are interested in Benintendi, but I think the lineup's fine. For me, bullpen help or a starter. But it's not a necessary need because of how well they've been playing. Yeah, absolutely. This team's been unbelievable. And, again, they, they you know, you go on the weekend, you know, after Friday, they were 1-3 in the homestand, and they finished off in a really good note. Like, it, it kind of looked like a bad kind of – T's going into the all-star break, but they, they turned around on Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think at another starter. Now, Herman's been making some rehab to start, so that's a guy who we've seen could kind of do it in the past. And, uh, you know, I don't know how deep he can go, because I think they need a starter that can go kind of deep into games. Yeah, Luis Castillo would be unbelievable. That, that was a great audition he had last week. If You know, um, 
the Brian Cabot. Now, the soft and the, the trakes, I know like they're, they're going to want like a Volpe or a Lazo Perez. What about you, you bring in Mike Moussakis with him? You know, you just buy him out. I know it's like he's with owed nine million going in, so he's probably owed about another four and a half million. Again, maybe you have to give up something less to get a Luis Castillo. Something I just kind of, you know, that's we all know Cincinnati is kind of cheap. They can kind of get a guy like Moussakis off the books. Maybe that would help the cause there. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to have a Luis Castillo or yeah, somebody else kind of in the bullpen late in games. Um, you know, Holmes kind of, you know, in um. We get Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night kind of last Tuesday. Just kind of struggled there in the ninth inning. But um, yeah, the bullpen's been great. The lineup's been great. Again, Carpenter, the 10 RBIs oh, against Carpenter's been awesome. Yeah, he's been awesome, Carpenter. Yeah, it, it, you know, because yeah, he's been great. Um, hopefully he can kind of continue to play either kind of corner position out there in the outfield. Because yeah, I don't think Joey Gallo is going to get any out, you know. Any at bats this postseason again? I I hope at this point maybe they could just find some something to trade trade them away. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's a much the Yankees have to do a starter or go reliever here. Cause yeah, no. I I, you know, I would love that Ben Intendi, but yeah, I I don't know with the vaccine stuff if he if he gets traded because I don't know if he'd still get vaccinated or not. So I think that may be a little bit too risky, even though I think he's he fits really well in that ballpark. I don't want Ben Intendi. He's not vaccinated, and it just doesn't make the he doesn't make the team that much better. I know a lot of people are getting on Joey Gallo, but listen, listen, the offense is is has been outstanding, and they don't need to do anything to the offense. They got to they got they got to add an arm because you as good as Cortez is, do you trust him in the postseason? Tyone, do you trust him in the postseason? Do you trust Montgomery in the postseason? And Severino's banged up, so I think an arm would adding an arm to this rotation would, would help. And the bullpen, do you trust Clay Holmes? Or do you, do you trust Clay Holmes in October? Or do you trust Michael King in October? So another arm in the bullpen w- would help. They don't need to touch the offense. It's just they need an arm in the bullpen and then then, then another starter. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think another lefty bat would be nice. But, yeah, because I don't think Gallo's going to get any – if Gallo's on this team in October, I don't think he's getting one postseason at that. I, I like, so, you know, yeah, because I know people can get on Gallo, and I get it. But, yeah, he's not going to kill this team in October. I don't think the Yankees are going to have him up in a big spot. So – yeah, you know, so yeah, I can understand not just the offense. I just think Ben Attendee, too, the little lefty bat, because he's just a professional hitter. He hits well average wise. Um, he'll be a freeze, so you probably don't have to give him a ton. But yeah, I think getting another starter. The only thing about Castillo is we have not seen him in October, though. That's the only oh, that's oh. the only thing I worry about Castillo. Oh, dude, he's a good pitcher. He's a good, I know we haven't seen him in October, but you know, you could say the same thing about a lot of Nestor Cortez, too. So. Yeah, we haven't seen Castillo in October, but Castillo has been good for years. He's been good. I think he'll be fine in October if we get him. And if we add a bullpen arm, I think we'll be fine. I think, but, but this team's in a great spot. There's really no complaining about this team at 64 and 28. No, you, no, you can't. You know, you, you really can't, um, especially the way they finish over the weekend. But, yeah, they're again, I, I thought they were a team that was going to win 85 to 90 games. They're, they're going to probably get the 85 win by mid-August. So, yeah, there's not, there's not been much to complain about about this team and yeah the way they kind of pummel, kind of bounce back against the Red Sox there after Friday night's loss the you know tough one um they they, they bounced back beautifully there the last two nights and absolutely I know they they Chris Hill left that game early but yeah Saturday night they got over Pavetta then Sunday they even hit sale well before he got out and then they kind of they destroyed that bullpen of them so of the Red Sox so yeah, yeah right now there's not much of the for the Yankees 
to really you don't they don't really need anything urgent right now. But yeah, it's something just to add on here. Cause um, you know, we'll we'll find out this week too against or this tomorrow night the doubleheader with the Astros. You know, we'll, we'll kind of find out what they what they need and because the Astros have been really good against that or the Astros pitch have been really great against that um Yankees offense over the years. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're actually they'll start it starts tomorrow. A big series with the Astros, a big doubleheader with the Astros to start tomorrow. And uh I don't know, I haven't seen a lot of pitching matchups yet for, for each each game. So I don't the, the Yankees haven't announced a starter. So but I think I think this weekend for the Yankees in Houston and, and, and at Baltimore, I think they split tomorrow. I think they got a good chance to, to, to split with uh with uh, Alvarez out. I think they split tomorrow in Houston and I think they take two out of three. I don't know the pitching matchups. But I think they take two out of three in their series against the Orioles. Yeah, um, for the Yankees. Yeah, I know ESPN hasn't put anything up. CBS has a Tyone versus Christian Javier. I don't know if that's okay. and then what do they Cole got for the versus Garcia. Cole versus Cole Garcia, Garcia for the game. Okay, so, so all right, so maybe uh, so okay. Tyone's pitching the first one, so I think they lose the first one, and then Cole's pitching the second one, so I think they split. What do they have any pitching yeah, matchups for? Do they have that's what CBS matchups? has. Yeah, I mean, That's what we, can go, has, we can so. go off that. What do, do, yeah. do they have any pitching matchups for uh, the games in Baltimore? Uh, Friday, it's Montgomery versus Tyler Wells on Friday. That's Saturday's a, that's, a, that's an even matchup. I think yeah. Montgomery is the edge, but Wells isn't that bad. No. Saturday, they have Herman as a probable starter versus uh, Her- Kyle. Uh, Herman, uh, Herman, uh, what's his name? Versus Kyle Bradish. One of four seven year that 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 should be a win. What do they got Sunday? And Sunday's Cortez versus Dean Kramer, who's actually been pretty good this year. See, Kramer's been that's a really good pitching matchup on Sunday, Cortez and Kramer. I think the Yankees win the Friday and the Saturday game, and I think just because they've played five games in four days and Cortez pitched in the All Star game, I'll give the Orioles Sunday. So I think the Yankees take two out of three against the uh, two out of three against the uh, Orioles. I think they split with the Astros. Yeah, I think they get a split tomorrow. Again, if it's Cole, the last time Cole we saw him in Houston, that that that's the Garrett Cole we need game in and game out, especially when we get the Oh yeah, that there. complete game. That complete mm-hmm. game he pitched. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that'd be great if we can get a performance like that on on tomorrow night from home. Yeah, I think they find a way way to win one game there tomorrow in Houston. And I'll I'll take that. I'll take I'll take in a split in Houston tomorrow. Yeah, and I think they should get two out of three in Baltimore. Baltimore's been playing really well, but it's a team you should be. It's a team that they've played well against this year. I know they haven't seen Baltimore since they've kind of gotten this hot streak here. Um, but, yeah, I think the Yankees should be able to take out two two out of three this weekend in, in Baltimore. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now moving on to the Red Sox, and it's been a struggle for the Red Sox, especially in the rotation. And then they have another injury with Chris Sale. He's hurt. He's, he looks like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, Walk is still on the DL. They did get a Valdi back. He pitched okay. Pavetta is Pavetta has really, really been struggling. Uh, th- th- this rotation is is not has not pitched well recently. That's why this team has struggled. The bullpen has been a little bit better, moving Hauk to the closer the closer role, and then the offense is still pretty good. I think the offense is the, is the thing the Red Sox need to leave alone. And unless it's first base, the Red Sox should not do anything to the offense in the trade deadline, where they absolutely need to do something. It, and this is this is. This is where Hyam Bloom is, is, is. This his job could be on the line here if he doesn't do something here, and this team finishes in the basement, where they absolutely have to do something in the next two weeks. Is they got to improve this rotation, either either improve the rotation or improve the bullpen. They cannot sit there and, and, and stand pat. This team cannot stand pat. If this team stands pat, they will finish in fourth place in the AL East. That's a guarantee. 
There is no way the Red Sox stand pat and go to the playoffs. No way of that happening. So they need to make a move. They absolutely need to make a move at the trade deadline, in the, either in the rotation or in the bullpen, or this team is going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. With Sale, again, I, I feel bad for Sale. You know, again, another just a kind of freak injury there on, on Sunday, getting hit the, with a line drive there um, off the finger. But, yeah, the rotation's been horrible. You know, Pavetta was bad. All these they, they got coming back. Waka, I think they're hoping is is at is sooner. You know, I think they're hoping at the All Star break they're going to get him back um, at, at some point here. You know, I, I think Josh Taylor they're expecting me back at the end of the month again. That could be a nice piece in the bullpen. I think same thing for Matt Barnes as well. Um, same thing with like Rich Hill. So they're kind of getting healthy, but yeah, like I don't know how much more you could kind of expect from some of those guys. Um, but yeah, it, it's absolutely got to be that bullpen. It, it's it's been bad. Saturday, Sunday, they kind of really struggled to get outs. Again, even even during the week against the Rays, they got swept four games. Um, they lost, you know, they, they lost a couple of close close games there. Um, you know, a couple of close, you know, uh, low scoring close games that they just um, could not find a way to battle there. So yeah, I, I, the offense has not been the issue. Um, and you, you mentioned Hein Bloom there. There was a couple, um, it was right before 4th of July. They were asking about, you know, bring, you know, why they didn't bring back Scherzer or Swarber. And they were kind of, he, he was, um, not quote for quote, but was kind of saying like, you know, we kind of, um, Schwarber and Renfro. Was Nickel, Schwarber Nickel and, and Renfro, and Renfro. Yeah. You got Schwarber and, Ren- and Renfro. They don't bring back. And, they, and Jackie Bradley's on the team, and he can't hit at all. But the problem is the offense isn't really the concern. But still, it would make the team better. No, but I'm just because, boom, that a lot of people weren't happy that he kind of brought the, you know, kind of Tampa Bay, well, we kind of wanted to go with the, the cheaper option was pretty much is what he kind of said. And a lot of Boston fans, you know, again, understandably were not happy about that. And I, I completely get it. Again, Schorber's been in great form, and Bobby Dahlbeck's really struggled. So, you know, I think that, you know, so, yeah, Hein Bloom, it, it's been a really love-hate relationship with Red Sox fans since he's been there. Um, but, yeah, they, they got to figure out something with that pitching staff here in the next couple, next couple of weeks here. Because, yeah, they're 12-26 they're and six, or twelve and 26 against the division. They have nine left with every other team besides the O's, which they have eight games left with. So they have 35 games left with the division out of their final 69 games. So half of their games are against the division. They have not played well against the division. So – they they really got to start being beating some of these teams this weekend. Like the Jays are coming this weekend. They they got to win two out of three this weekend to kind of put themselves back and kind of get some confidence going because it, it was a bad week going one and six against Tampa and New York on the road. It was an awful week. And the thing is, yeah, you said they're bad. They're bad. Uh, they're bad against the division. This roster is probably the fourth best. I mean, best roster in the division. I, I be, because of their bullpen and because there's their rotation. So they have to improve those things. If they don't improve those things, they're going to continue to struggle in the division and they're going to finish in fourth place. I completely agree. Cause you know, the Rays glass are starting to throw. I think soon he's supposed to be starting some rehab outings. I think the Jays, I think what, you know, firing Montoya, I think that that woke them up this weekend. You know, they, they did take three out of four against the, the Royals, which I know half their team didn't travel um, to Toronto, but, you know, yeah, the Toronto, I think, is in a, and again, Toronto's probably going to make a move too. 
Tampa Bay is probably going to figure out something. You know, they'll, they'll make a move at some point. You know, the O's aren't going away. So, yeah, right now, if the Red Sox say Pat with that rotation with in that bullpen, it, it's going to be tough to get late game outs, and especially with all those games in the division. And you even got Cleveland and the Brewers coming up after the Blue Jays here, which those are two teams that are fighting for the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, they, they're going to have to get some, you know, they're going to be in a lot of kind of close games, late game spots that they need to get outs from. And right now they don't have the guys that be able to do that day in and day out. Yeah, and you said it. Uh, you know, the, the big series, huge series, the Blue Jays, and they got the the Guardians. So you have seven huge, huge games against teams that you're going to be competing against. And this weekend against the Blue Jays, they really they need, they can't get swept. They I, be they really they they need to, I think they need to take two out of three. If they lose two out of three, not the end of the world because they would only be four games. I think I know. I think they got to win this series. I really think they got to win this series against the Blue Jays. It would not be good if they don't win this series. You know. It's a big series, and they don't win it. I think in this seven-game stretch, I think they got to go at least four and three, but they can't go three and four. If they go three and four, they're in big trouble. Yeah, I'm with you because they go three and four, they're going to be one game under 500 um, with a few days before the trade deadline. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I think you got to get two out of three against the Blue Jays this weekend. Um, I think you got to get some confidence going against some of these teams in the American League and kind of just get to a point where, okay, we can – you know, after you beat the first – because they're the only team in the major league that had not won a series this year against their own division, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, um, that, that is crazy. Yeah, and, and, again, I know the Rots – I know it's a good division, but, again, the Red Sox have a good roster, and that's – you know, they, that shouldn't be happening in, in mid-July. So, yeah, I think, I think it, you know, you beat Blue Jays this weekend, you start feeling a little bit better about yourself, um, and then, you know, you you did you know you swept the Guardians on the road so you know you should be able to get three out of four you hope against them at home um, so yeah I think the Red Sox is a huge week and yeah they better go at least four and three here and just try to get some confidence going and hope that some of these guys get back in the rotation of bullpen to kind of help you out a little bit because um, yeah it, it's not been not been pretty yeah absolutely absolutely. So, you know, this week at Fenway, they start the, this weekend at Fenway, they start that series against the Blue Jays. Friday night, they got a Valdi against Gosman, and I think that's a loss for the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, Valdi wasn't great. Gosman's been really good. I know he's six and seven, but the ERA has been pretty good. So, yeah, I'm going to have to take the uh, Jays there on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, got Pavetta against Barrios. I know he, neither pitcher has pitched well, but I'm going with the, with the Jays there too. Yeah, Brio's pitched a little bit better his last couple outings. So, yeah, and the way Pavetta looked the last couple outings, yeah, a little concerned about Pavetta. Um, I'll, I also have the Blue Jays as, as well on Saturday night. And we got Gosman against Rich Hill. I, I'm going to take a sweep. I'm going to, I think the Blue Jays sweep them. And this is, and I think if they get swept, this has got to be huge, huge motivation for High and Bloom. To go out and get a starter, because you look at the way the pitching lines up, the pitch they do their pitching does um, maybe Saturday is the only game where it kind of matches up. But the way Pavetta's pitching, they don't have the advantage there. They don't have the advantage in any of these three games against the Blue Jays. Yeah, actually Sunday, um, I'm seeing Manoa because Gosman's going Friday. It's it's I'm mean, sorry, Manoa against Rich Hill. Yeah, but yeah, I, you know, but again, Manoa's been unbelievable as well with his numbers. So yeah, the Blue Jays still have an advantage there. Yeah, I got to take the Blue Jays again. I we haven't seen Rich Hill in a couple of weeks, and again, Rich Hill's only going to give you four or five innings. That's not going to be enough against a guy like Alex Manoa, who's been unbelievable 
Um, and I, I think the Blue Jays will find a way to, you know, I think the Blue Jays, like, yeah, once again, as you mentioned, that they, they have the pitching advantage right now in all three of those games. And I think the Blue Jays could very well sweep them. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if the Blue Jays sweep them. Red Sox got to do more. They got to do stuff at the trade deadline to improve this team or they're going to be playing irrelevant baseball games in the month of September. We now move to the Mariners, who have won 14 in a row. They're on a huge streak. They have been outstanding this year, 14 outstanding the last couple of months, 14 consecutive wins. And the big question is, is, is can the way they're playing, can they, can, they, can they overtake the Astros? The only way they can do that is they win two or three this weekend. If they don't, they got no chance of that because they'd be 10 out. They're nine out. They'd be 10 out. The only chance of them doing that is if, they, if overtaking the Astros is, is, they, they they would have they would have to uh, win two out of three in Seattle this weekend. Yeah, I think it's gonna be tough for the Mariners. Um, I think they have seven games left, I believe, with the Astros. Or no, they're yeah they got or yeah they got two or three or they have six more with the Astros. Um, or seven, yeah, seven more all this month. So you, you know you better take five out of five out of seven before the thirty first to try to have any sh- any any chance and. Um, I think the Mariners are a good team, but I also think too, like I think the Astros are going to get a hundred, probably even more than a hundred wins. Mariners have been on a roll, but I can't see them still getting a hundred wins. I think they're probably in the ninety to ninety-five win territory, and that won't be enough either. So, yeah, I think the Mariners are not going to be able to do enough again. Their schedule's not, you know, great in the month of August and September, so maybe they could find a way to kind of crawl back out of it. But I just don't see them winning a hundred games like the Astros or. or probably going to probably going to do now the next question is do you think this team makes the playoffs and i absolutely think they do i think with the way they're pitching is right now i absolutely think they make the play get one of the three wild cards yeah i, I do too I, I love the pitching staff i love you know um you know the bullpens pitch well again that was a huge piece of last year why they were there um you know ty france who's a been an all-star carlos santana i know the numbers aren't great but he came up with a couple of clutch hits he's been again to played some october baseball you know, we talked about Julio Rodriguez. You know, I expect him to continue to be on fire and be a big, um, big part of this offense. So, yeah, I think the Mariners do make the playoffs. I think they'll make the wild card. Um, but, yeah, I think they, you know, need a couple other additions to go take the next up. And that's that leads me to my next question. Are they World Series contenders? I think they are. I think because of their pitching, I think they are World Series contenders. Yes. They're, Julio Rodriguez has been great, but they're but they're definitely going to need more out of uh they're definitely going to need more out of uh, Winker, out of Suarez, out of uh out of Frazier, out of Crawford. They're going to need more out of those guys. But I think because they're pitching, they are World Series contenders. But I do think they need to add a bat at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think they're another year away. Now, if they can make um. Bring me World Series contender. Now, if they can bring in a couple guys that have some kind of experience in postseason baseball, because I think that's what they're missing on this team. The pitching staff has been really well, but if they can add one more starter, kind of like a six-man rotation, you know, the older guy that's kind of been there before in October, I think would really help. And, yeah, if you can get another bat that's kind of as well kind of been there in October, um, I, I think it could be a huge plus to this team because, yeah, I, you know, they don't have a ton of guys that have played – in October baseball or have gone, you know, or played in the world series. So I didn't think you get a couple of those guys. You can find a couple of them here in the next couple of weeks. Then, yeah, I think Seattle could, could be a very dangerous team. I think they, they are, but um, yeah, I think they, they, they need a couple more additions there. If, 
for me to kind of say that they're a content, World Series contender. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they do. They definitely need a little bit more to be a contender, but they're going to be in it. They're they're in contention right now. They they were they were like four, they were like seven games under five hundred, and now they've won seventeen out of eighteen. And look at them right now; they are right in the playoff race, and, and they have a very good chance of breaking that drought. The last time they were in the playoffs, they won one hundred and sixteen games. It was the year where they tied the all times win rec all time wins record that was held by the Chicago Cubs in nineteen oh eight in nineteen sixteen. So. The Mariners are in really, really, really good shape. But we're going to wrap up the show talking a little bit of NFL. We're going to talk about Jimmy G and the Niners today. Have us seek permission for him to seek a trade. He's going to be fully cleared to practice come come mid-August. I think it's going to come down to two teams to trade for Jimmy G. I think it's going to be the Seahawks, and I think it's going to be the Browns. I heard some rumors with the Giants, but I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I think it's going to be the Browns, and I think it's going to be the Seahawks. I think it's going to be one of those two teams. I think the Browns, if Watson gets suspended, I think – they very easily could trade for Jimmy G. I think he would definitely be an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. And for the Seahawks, I know the Niners won't trade him in the division, but say the Seahawks, say the Niners, uh, the Seahawks give give the Niners like a second round pick. Maybe they just don't pass it up and end up and end up get, and end up getting rid of him and trading him to Seattle because he would definitely be an upgrade over Drew Block. He would definitely be an upgrade over Drew Block or Geno Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for Seattle, yeah, because. You know, I think for the Niners, yeah, you don't really want to help out a division rival. But, yeah, like even they had Jimmy G, that's not a playoff team. Like I don't think the Niners are going to have to really necessarily, you know, really worry that much. And I don't think the Seahawks are going to re-sign Jimmy G. I don't, I don't know if that's probably – I don't think that would be their long-term option at quarterback. Yeah, the Brown would be an interesting one, especially, too, you know, with if Watt, you know, probably when Watson gets suspended – they're only paying him one million. They're, he's only getting paid one million this year, so you, you, they have the cap space, I believe, to kind of you know take on some of that cap space for Jimmy G. They want to start him. They want to try to kind of be a contender because again, in that division, um, you're going to have to have good quarterback play. And Jacoby's set to serviceable starter, but he's not gonna he's not gonna take you over top. Jimmy G won't take you over the top either but you'll have a better chance than you will with Jacoby Brissett. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely have a better chance with Jimmy G than Jacoby Brissett. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ For Justin Yaffer, I'm Steve Risser. I am on vacation next week. We will be back in two weeks to the, probably to discuss training camp in the NFL, the Yankees and Red Sox, or and any NBA news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Chawing About the G-Men. 
and great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.